Hey there, this is the What Works Podcast, and I'm your host, Tara Gentili. If you want to build a business that can stand the test of time, you got to figure out what works for you and your small company. That's why every week I talk with real small business owners about what's really working for them. I want to help you fill in the details of how others do what they do so you can fill in the details that work for you. Today, I'm catching up with Dr. Michelle Mazur for a special live episode of the podcast. Michelle founded Communication Rebel on the belief that communication changes the world. I I love that. I hope you love that too. Uh, To do that, Michelle helps business owners, executives, and thought leaders craft their three-word rebellion. Don't worry, we're going to talk more about that in a bit. Uh, She also helps them craft their speech, their positioning, and their pricing so they can get booked. The speakers she works with have generated absolutely incredible results, like booking a $10,000 speaking gig, raising three times the amount of money expected for the launch of a charity, and becoming an international speaker in front of world leaders. She lives in Seattle with her adoring husband, husband, three obsessive felines, and a huge collection of Duran Duran memorabilia. Michelle Mazur, welcome to What Works. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Tara. I love having conversations with you. Yeah, this is going to be juicy. And like we were talking about it uh, as be- right before we got started, I think we're going to dive into some things that may not be the sexiest of things to talk about, but they're also stuff that people stuff that people really need to know and that doesn't get talked about a whole ton. So stay tuned. We're going to be talking about building a client pipeline and all that good stuff. But if you are here live with us on Crowdcast and you've got a question for Michelle, I've got plenty of questions, but I'd love to get your questions in there too uh, about what What's working for her in her business, or maybe about what's not working for her in her business, uh, you can use that ask a question button under the video area at any time to join in the conversation. And we'll get to those questions as soon as we can. Now, Michelle, I want to talk through the process that prospective clients move through from the three-word rebellion to becoming a one-to-one client. But first, I'd love for you to tell us how the three-word rebellion framework came to be, what it is, how how you use it, where it fits into the rest of your business. Yes. So the three word rebellion came to be because of what wasn't working in my business. So at the end of 2017, I had wrapped up the last episode of the Rebel Speaker podcast for that season. And I was like, all right, what am I going to do with this thing? Like, I am sick of talking about how to get paid for speaking, how to land speaking gigs, how to pitch. Like, I'm not saying that stuff isn't important, but after six years of talking about it, I was like, dude, done, can't do it anymore. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but I can't do this. And I was was in this lucky spot because December is always a great month for my business and I was bringing on a whole slew of new clients and I was on the six week break from the podcast. And so at that point, I decided, you know, like, why did I start this business in the first place? I didn't start it for people to book speaking gigs and to get paid. I started it because I believe communication changes the world. And for me, that belief came from my mom, who was like, was highly political, like she loved John F. Kennedy, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King. And so I went back into some of the research or the reading I used to do on social movement theory. And I noticed a very interesting pattern, especially with the social movements that are currently cropping up, is that all of those social movements had like 
three words or two words that encapsulated what they were trying to create. So you think about Black Lives Matter, you think about hashtag Me Too or Time's Up or the Never Those Again the- movement. Those were the three immediately that came to mind for me. So yeah, point proven. <laughs> well, and even, although I'm not a fan, Make America Great Again, that's Truth. a definite three-word rebellion that is creating a picture of change for the right people. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And then I looked at the speakers, like super successful speakers, and I noticed the same pattern. So we had Start With Why, Simon Sinek, Mel Robbins' Five Second Rule, How to Fascinate with Sally Hogshead. I'm like, three words and three words. I'm like, that's interesting. And I knew that like psychologically, that's how we remember things. So I looked at the research around social movement theories, and I realized that there were two simple questions that I could start using with my clients. And basically, they're like, all movements are moving away from something. So what are you rebelling against? And they're moving towards something else. So what Mm -hmm. is the change that you want to create? And so I created some free writing exercises around that. And I started getting great results with my clients. Like, I would nail their three word rebellion in 20 minutes, they would go from I have, like, I don't know what my three word rebellion is to oh, there it is, because it's always buried in the writing. And we have to have somebody to reflect that back. So it all came together, though. I'm going to give a shout out to co-commercial because this was so important. (laughs) But I had lunch with co-commercial member Jenny Nash. She was here in Seattle. And I was thinking about rewriting my first book to be more about movement making. And she was like, "Mm, no, don't do that. Let's find something simpler. And she was like, oh my gosh, you could do the three-word speech. And then it was the three-word rebellion. Like I walked away and I was like, oh my God, the three-word speech, that's so great and not right. <laughs> like so close, but yet no. And that's when I was like, oh, it's the three-word rebellion. And so that is the rallying cry that people can use to anchor their message around. And it's so exciting to me because now that I have found this, like, I love talking about this work that I do. So it's so exciting to me because now I have all these different ways to think about my work and how to market my work. So I feel re-energized because of the three-word rebellion. Oh, I can so relate. And that is such a great story. The other thing that I, I noticed as you were talking through this is that it wasn't that the idea of clients getting paid and booking speeches was the wrong idea. It just wasn't what lit you up from the inside, right? It might be what lights them up from the inside or part of it. Um, And it, it seems to me like there's still a balance of those two things. Like, you know what your mission is, you know what your purpose is, you know what you get really passionate about that you can communicate about. But even in the bio you sent me, it says, you know, I help people determine their positioning and pricing so they can book speeches. So it's not that you stopped doing that, right? Can you talk a little bit about how you balance mission and purpose with the real, with sort of the the 
the thing that people actually come to you for? Yeah. So what I love about the three word rebellion is it is about building a message that is bigger than you and bigger than your business. And honestly, that is what is going to get you booked and paid. Because when you realize that you really need this concise message that people can spread and take action on, and they're talking about you. And I think Mel Robbins is a great example of somebody who has nailed her three-word rebellion. Her audience is devoted. They are getting results from counting backwards from five and taking an action. And she gets, she's very well paid and she's constantly speaking. And I was like, these things are very aligned because when you have that message right and it resonates, it's easier to spread it and it's easier for you to get paid. And I think for a long time, this is going to sound funny, but I don't think people care enough about their message. They like view it as some kind of luxury, not knowing that if you don't tell the world what you stand for and what you're trying to create, you are creating yourself as a commodity, as a speaker. So for me, like the three word rebellion can be, I mean, I've seen it be the genesis of a client's brand, mm. not just like a speaking career. So I love that it was so much bigger and it can still be profitable. Yeah. I mean, it does absolutely sound like the genesis of a brand for sure. I mean, mm -hmm. even like in 11, uh, 11 immutable laws of branding, they talk about owning a word in the mind of a customer and you're just telling them to own three words in mm -hmm. the mind of a customer. Right. Um, and it also sounds like, uh, your clients have sort of a question that they feel a lot of urgency around and your mission and purpose has become the answer to that question. Even if it's not the answer they were necessarily looking for, they didn't realize that that was where their question was leading them. Mm -hmm. You've created a tie between those th things that makes your solution really unique to them. Yeah. Cause what I, another realization that I had is like most of my clients are in some type of transition. So they are, transitioning from, I have a business, it's going pretty well. Now I really want to be the face of that business and be known for the work that I'm doing in the world. Or they've had this big, huge idea and they're working on getting it out in the world and they just don't know how to talk about it. And so that's when they're coming to me because getting that kind of focus around what are your three words it's, it opens up so much possibility for them. And yeah, they're, at the time, they're just like, I need to get the message out or I want to be the face of my business. I want to up my revenue from speaking, which is all well and good. But then they're like, oh, yeah, I, I need something to like really hook it to. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a struggle. Yeah, I love this. So for anyone listening, I think the real takeaway here is that uh, you know, I hear from so many people, well, my customers want to talk about this, but what I really want to talk about, or my customers have this question, but the answer I really want to provide is this. What you're uh, so beautifully laying out an example of is how you tie those two things together so you can do both. It doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be I give them what they want or I do what I want to do. It's finding where those two things overlap and actually using that to your advantage. And I think that's a huge takeaway on what works uh, for people in, in this uh, well, it, whether you're generating a client pipeline for a one-to-one -one service based business or really any kind of marketing at all. Uh, but getting back to that pipeline idea, 
Um, let's let's start with this three word rebellion piece. How do people find out about that? And then what happens next? Yeah, so I am doing right now a ton of outreach. So I'm being on other people's podcasts, much like this one. I am doing Facebook lives. I'm running some ads on Facebook just to get the word out because people don't know about it yet. And so that is a major focus. I'm doing some experiments right now with like Instagram and seeing how that goes for the next 90 days to get the word out. But I'm really in this awareness generating mode. So if they hear about me or see me on a podcast, they can go to threewordrebellion.com and I give them the framework freely. Like the framework, you can go and you can download it right now and start working through it. And there will be a small percentage of people who can do it. They can nail their three-word rebellion on their own. They don't need any help. And the majority of people struggle with this because they are so close to their message. And so part of what I have to do is like, yes, I've given you the three-word rebellion. Now I want to tell you a little bit about why it's so hard for you to find this message on your own because you don't have that reflection because you're too close, because the three-word rebellion is probably buried in the 4,000 words that you just wrote. And that... (laughs) And that's where I can come in and help. And what has been cool is that I've realized that I can also offer like a starter service or uh, like I think Brianne Dick calls them a seed service where I can just work with people on developing their three word rebellion, which they can use for speaking. They can use it for angles for a pitch for a podcast. They can use it for website copy. You can use it for so much. And then developing the talking points that they would use to get people to buy into what they're creating and also how to tell the stories. And that's a nice little package that I can offer to people and say, hey, if you want to work with me on this, awesome. And if you want to work with me doing your speech, which I'm now calling an inciting incident, because every movement has an inciting incident, this is how we can continue the work. And then if they want to work on speaker marketing, yeah, we can do that as well. So it really depends on how the consult calls go. But everyone starts with, we've got to figure out your three-word rebellion and do your audience deep dive and then figure out what those talking points are because otherwise we can't incite action the way that you're going to need to, to build your speaking or your business. Beautiful. Okay. Let's pick this apart a little Mm -hmm. bit because this is the real, to me, this is the real meat of the thing is how do you, how you walk people through that. So when someone signs up for three word rebellion, obviously they're going to give you their email address. They're going to download the worksheets. I did this the other day to test it, um, and to take a closer look. Um, so you can do that at threewordrebellion.com. How many emails do they get before they find out about the seed service? They get... Do you know? Or give us a rough. Well, okay. So how I'm currently doing it, and I'm actually going to change it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because how I'm currently... I love it. Honesty and transparency here on well, What Works. What I'm realizing is people want to know how they can work with you a lot sooner than you think. I know yes, everybody that. thinks you have to do so much nurturing and give three or four emails full of packed tight content. No. We have to start making the ask sooner. So, Michelle, I'm so excited you said that. <laughs> I can tell you're like doing your happy dance. <laughs> so, so for 
for me, currently, the first email just delivers the thing. The second email has like a PS and then the third email like actually pitches. And then I think the fourth email gives some case studies. But it's going to change because I want to deliver the thing and then say, hey, if you love this framework and you don't want to go it alone, you realize you need a reflection to do the work to get this nailed so that you're ready to go on and take over the world, then go here, apply for a consult, and let's get the party started. Because, yeah, I am not messing around anymore. Yeah. And neither are your clients. So that's perfect. Mm -hmm. So you're going from a pretty fast sales cycle to a really fast sales cycle, which I think is so smart. And I hope... If, if everyone takes nothing else away from this particular podcast episode, I hope it's this, this idea that your customers want to buy from you sooner than you think they do. Because this, this is my whole rallying cry, I think, for 2018 for, me, for people. And I'm going to get this out of as many guests as possible. Yeah, I, I think, you know, when they decide to opt in, especially with messaging, messaging is something that everyone struggles with. It took me six years to come up with a three-word rebellion. Yeah, that's <laughs> and true. I'm so excited about it, but it was six years of playing with this message. And now that I'm like, okay, it's such a pain point. So I should offer that to people sooner. So they realize that, oh my gosh, I don't have to do this workbook and all the analysis that goes along with it. I can actually get Michelle's messaging brain behind it and we can figure this out together. So that is what's exciting to me. And another thing I'm testing right now is a few days after someone signs up for my list, I actually will send them just a personal note to say, hey, how are you? Like, I just wondered, you know, do you have, I'm so glad you're here. Do you have any questions about the three word rebellion? How's that going for you? Fantastic. Okay. So you mentioned the next step is actually applying for mm -hmm. a consultation. Talk us through that. What does the application look like? Uh, are you asking for payment right away? How are they scheduling? Give us all the details. Yeah. So they go to uh, use gravity forms. And so they fill out some basic questions, you know, their name, their website. It's really important for me to check out their website to see where they are in their business, because I am definitely for somebody who's more established. And I don't think you should add speaking or going really big with your message until you have an established business that's making you money because <laughs> um, speaking is a long-term strategy. So they fill out the website. Then I ask them about their speaking experience, what their message is about, you know, what is the roadblock that's really getting in their way? And then when do they want to take action? Like when would they want to start working with me? And do they have the financial resources? And then that gets sent to me. And then I'm still doing this, but I'll probably transition it to my virtual assistant at some point where I, you know, if they look like they're a good fit, I'll send them a little email that basically says, hey, I'm really wanting to talk to you. I think I can be of help. Like, here's the link. And I use Acuity for this. I love Acuity for all things scheduling. It's so easy. Their support is so good. So I send them a link and then they book the session. If they don't book a session, I send them two follow-up email reminders. And then after that, they're dead to me. <laughs> Not really, but... <laughs> 
Not really, but that that is a good productivity tip. Don't stress about it. Yeah. Uh, can you tell us what you put how how you approach those follow up emails? Because I know that's a real sticking point for a lot of people. Is you know I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to follow up too soon. What does that look like? Uh, the way you do it? Yeah, I think the reframe. If they filled out your application, there's actually interest there. So like two days later, I will follow up and say something. I think it's pretty standard. Like, hey, I know life gets busy and in the way. So I just wanted to send you a reminder that you can book your session here. If you can't find a time, let me know. We'll make it work. And then the final one is just, you know, like, just like book a session if you want to. If not, I'll assume your priorities have changed. And then I just sign off. So they're only a few sentences long. I want to move them through that process like within a week. So I do them like I get the application. Mm -hmm. I send it out the same day. Two days later, I follow up. And then two more days, I follow up. Perfect. Thank you for laying that out for us. Now, just to clarify, I might have missed this while you were talking, um, but is this consultation that they're scheduling for uh, in this part, is that the, the actual paid three-word rebellion mm-hmm. session or is this an initial consultation? This is initial consultation because I do want to assess fit. Um, mm-hmm. I don't want to work with motivational or inspirational speakers. I'm hoping the three-word rebellion okay. would filter those people out, but so far not. <laughs> so I need to you know, really figure out like, are they just wanting to be a motivational speaker or do they have a topic that doesn't lend itself to change? Like, like somebody approached me and they're Mm. like, I want to make $20,000 a month. I'm not making anything talking about goal setting. And I'm like, oh no, (laughs) no, 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 no. So for me, I want to make sure that I'm a good fit with that person, that they can trust me because we're doing like, i this work is intimate. So I will ask them, I get super curious about them. I ask them a ton of questions based on their application. And then I describe like, hey, this is how we could work together. Does that make sense? How does that sound? And then they can ask me questions about the process. And then at the end, we make a decision about it. Okay. So at the end of the call? Yeah. Or Okay. And are you a like, get their credit card before they're off the phone kind of person or? No, I am not that kind of person. So there are one or two things that happen. Sometimes they want to see the proposal proposal. So like I'll Mm. send them a proposal, but if I'm sending them a proposal, we have to set up a 15 minute decision-making call because people like I am against people dragging out this decision. I learned this the hard way after following up with someone for six months. And every time I talked to her, she was like, oh, next month, next month. And then finally, I was like, no, if you want to actually do this work, you need to contact me. I'm done with you. (laughs) I didn't say it like that. but, But yes, so if a proposal goes out, it's a decision making call that we follow up with. And then if they decide, okay, no, this is awesome. I am in, I will send them a getting started email that has like, here's how you can pay me. Um, and here's the links to schedule and what comes next will be your Google Drive access and your how to fascinate assessment that I want that I have everyone take. And so they get that all in one email and then I send them a service agreement. Fantastic. Okay. Now you mentioned that this is the first step for how then they work with you on a longer term, Mm -hmm. kind of uh, more inclusive, more like bigger engagement type of thing. Um, 
Can you walk us through how that process works? What happens at the end of that initial three-word rebellion package? And how do you move them into a a bigger engagement with you? Yeah. So one of the deliverables for the three-word rebellion is what I call like a three-word rebellion master plan. (laughs) And it's one document that has all of your messaging components. So it has what your audience is challenged by, what their beliefs or places of resistance are, your three-word rebellion, the talking points, the stories. And it's all in one place so that you can prepare. And then at the end, I can say the next step for this is now that you have a three word rebellion to really launch this into the world, you need to create an inciting incident. And what that can be is a speech, a workshop, a webinar. And if you want, we can work together on this. So that's just the easy next step. Because for me, it like makes sense. Like I've done this great <laughs> groundwork. Now I need to package it up in a way that gets other people excited. I love it. Okay. Um, I lost my train of thought. I hate when that happens. Where did I want to go from there? Uh, it was, oh, <laughs> what does your follow-up process look like for that? Very easy follow-up question. Yeah. Well, I will, you know, like I'll send all of that off and then I'll ask them if they're interested. If they are, great. If not, whatever. You know, I can always, I like to stay in contact with my clients anyway. So I usually follow up with people like every couple of months just to check in and see how things are going. Like, what are they doing with it? You know, are they implementing what we talked about? out. And, you know, sometimes they are ready to move forward then. And I've also had people who are just like, sign me up for the whole thing. Like they want to do the three word rebellion work, then they want to do the speech and they know that coming in. So it's, that's also a nice option. Fabulous. Okay. Now this is a lot of communication that you have just described. And Mm -hmm. I know you are wonderful with communication and that is one of your, your strengths. Um, but it still takes a lot of organization. Are you using some sort of CRM? Are you using a project management tool to manage all of this? How do you do that? Yes. So I um, am a fan of this app called Sorted, S-O-R-T-D. It's like $2 a month and you can create boards and you manage it in your Google, your Gmail, which is beautiful. So I have a board for sales pipeline. I have a board for clients. And so I can like always visually track where they are and when I need to follow up Mm. and you can set deadlines and it just pops it right back into your inbox when you need to take an action. So that's been working well for me. I might be outgrowing that at some point in time. And we'll have to think about doing like contactually or another CRM. I use contactually for a while, but for what it cost, it just wasn't worth it. And Sorted was a much better option. Okay, great. And you also mentioned to me that you're a fan of um, uh, Braid Creative's chalkboard method or Being Boss's chalkboard method. Tell us what that is. Uh, and then also, how are you using it? Yeah, so the chalkboard method, which I insanely love. It is just a way to create space for new clients or whatever else you want to come in your life. And so I usually do mine. Well, actually, I'm doing mine like it's mine is on paper. Like it's right here. It's on paper. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) But what I do is, you know, I create space, like physical space on paper that I can. So I'm always aware of like, what do I need to be doing? Like I can tell you the first week of May, I have two open client spots. So I'm putting it out there that A, I need to do the work on this, but also it gets me focused on taking the action. And you know, some like, I know like the being boss ladies are a little, are, are woo, 
<laughs> but it, there's just something about creating that space that lets you fill up those spots. And one of our other co-commercial members, Kathy Austin, she was saying, she sent me a clip of a book that was like, why it works is because you're your brain sees the blank spots and starts to problem solve and you can fill those spots. And it's just mm -hmm. a nice way for me to stay on top of things. That's not super, super formal. Yeah, I totally agree. I love that concept too. It's uh, the first time Kathleen told me about it. And we do have an episode with Kathleen Shannon. We have two episodes with Emily Thompson, um, both uh, the women from being boss. And I believe Kathleen talks about it a little bit in that initial interview that that we did. Um, but I've used it myself and, you know, for filling up masterminds or for filling up retreats, just like you said, creating that space allows you to problem solve and to take action to get the people into the, the into that space space that you really want to have into that space. And I could see it applying in so many different other ways as well. Yeah. You, All right. Like, oh, I was just going to add, like, you can use it, like, if you want to do podcast interviews or speaking opportunities, like, there's so many ways you can adapt it. Yeah, totally. Okay. I want to transition a little bit and talk more about, or talk some about your schedule mm. because you've done some really cool stuff there, but this is a good opportunity to pause and say, if you're here with us live on Crowdcast and you've got a question for Michelle about what's working for her, not a question about speaking, not even a question about the three word rebellion, although there's a few of those and I'm, I'm going to get to those. So don't, <laughs> don't worry. But if you're adding in a question now, um, I'd love it to be for about what's working for Michelle in her business right Right now. Uh, and you can use that ask a question button under the video area. Uh, all right. So you mentioned to me that you've really optimized your schedule for one on one work so that you can both serve clients intimately and also and this is key, take care of yourself because uh, you know, a lot of people when they think about having a service based business, they love the idea they love working really closely with clients. But they also know what a toll it's taken on their personal lives on their health on on their time management. And you seem to have come up with a pretty good solution for yourself. So what does that look like? Tell us yes. more about that. So last year, I was seeing clients every single week, I think on Tuesday, Wednesdays and Thursdays. And what I found is that I wasn't getting anything done. Like I had all these great ideas and these great projects in the works, and I couldn't do anything. And I made the executive decision that starting January 1st, I was going to have my client schedule be the first and third weeks of the month because I only see my clients twice a month. And so like this week is a client week for me. So I know I have, I get to see all of my clients, which I'm excited about because I love them. It allows me to stay in that headspace of messaging and realizing like that's the work I want to do. And also it lets me off the hook of trying to like cram things into my schedule in between appointments because with the context switching, I can could never get anything done. By the time I would get started, I'd be like, oh, I have another client. I can't do this anymore. So I've optimized my schedule for that. And then I take the second and fourth weeks of the month to work on personal projects or, you know, I'm working on the three word rebellion book right now. So I'm working, you know, get to work, get stuff done, which is awesome. And then twice a year, when you have a five week month, you get two weeks that are client free, which is great for planning vacations. Like, oh, okay, I have two weeks without clients. I can, yeah, I could definitely do some deep work or I can take a week of that and go on vacation with my husband. And so that is amazing just to have that automatically scheduled. 
Oh, that is so good. And also my brain went immediately to, well, if you're working on your own stuff in weeks two and four, then it's very easy to actually take two, two week vacations a year because <laughs> that fourth and fifth. Yeah. Anyhow, I like vacations. Me too. Um, so, <laughs> uh, about how many clients are you working with at a given time? I max out at 10. I mean, so I've been up to 12 a few times and that's been fine, but I feel like that's all my brain can handle because I'm always thinking about my clients and their message. Like mm-hmm. I have woken up in the morning and I was like, oh, I have this, I have this idea <laughs> for this client. I'm going to send them that. So yeah, about 10, 12 people or about what I can do. And the other thing I learned from doing this is just interesting scheduling patterns because during those weeks, I would do consults on Wednesday and Thursday. And then I realized that my clients don't book frequently on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Like I have clients full client day Monday, Mm. Thursday, and I do a half day on Friday. And usually those book up super fast, but Tuesday and Wednesday, don't have anything going on. So I moved my consults because there was one day I had six calls and that was just too much, like three clients, three consults. I was like, no, never again. So I moved my consults to reflect the, you know, what seems to be the rhythm that my clients book. Gotcha. And just to clarify for people listening, I'm assuming you use two separate acuity calendars or two separate acuity types of appointments for those two things that allow you to then actually only book the consults on Tuesdays and Wednesdays Mm -hmm. and the clients on Mondays, Thursdays and Fridays. Yes, that's exactly how I have it set up. So I have like a link for consults and I have a link for my clients. And so for my client weeks, I have hours Monday through Friday. And then for the consults, they can only book on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. So you do need two different links for that and two different calendar schedules. Awesome. So it sounds like this was pretty like, I decided on this and I did it. Uh, Has there been any experimentation or evolution as the years gone on here? No, it's been working really well as long as I keep my boundaries. So I, cause I am the one who can sometimes let this, like a client in on an off week. And I've really had to put my foot down on myself not to do that because there's part of me who wants to be accommodating, but I also know that if I start doing that, then I'm, I have these leaky boundaries and I'm not going to take that week to do the work I need to do to like move my business forward and to develop it. Gotcha. All right. Awesome. Uh, let's take some of these questions. And like I said, these are these are more uh, questions about three word rebellion, mm. um, but or about about how you work with people. But again, if you've got questions about how Michelle's business works, what she's doing with marketing, what she's doing with her schedule, time management, client services, uh, just let us know. Uh, use that ask a question button under the video area, and I will pose that question to Michelle. Uh, Gigi wants to know uh, if you work with all stages of speakers or or you focus on just one level of speaking skills? Uh, I tend to work with, well, I work with people who are definitely comfortable on stage. So most of my clients already know they love being on stage. They're comfortable up there. They're confident. And for them, it's really about nailing that message so that they can gain momentum. And so I've worked with people who are at the very beginning stages of doing that and just want to launch their career right. I've worked with people like Tara who have been speaking and just really wanted to up level. I've worked with someone, I've worked with several people who are making $10,000 per gig and just like, I need to be able to ask for more money. So I need to tighten up this message. So 
I, those are, so those are kind of like the different sweet spots, but as long as you feel comfortable on stage and you really want to be focused on the message and getting that message out into the world, then that's a, a great time to work with me. Yeah, which is a great point. Uh, another great point about how your business actually works is that you, when a lot of people think about a speaking coach, they think about people who are helping people feel more comfortable on stage, the people uh, people who deal with stage fright, things like mm-hmm. that. And you have a real differentiating advantage in that you are really focused on people's messaging on the speech itself. Yes. Um, and I think that allows you to get really clear on to who your clients really are and how they're going to work with yeah. you. Yeah. And it's, it's nice because I know like if somebody says, oh, I'm very afraid of public speaking, that I'm not the person that they should be working with. Like they should be working with someone else. And And if they're like, oh, I just want to work on my delivery skills, I'm not interested in that. Like I do help clients every once in a while who want to do both like the message and that's their main focus, but then they want to run it through and get some feedback. Happy to do that for them. But the focus is always on the messaging. Got it. All right. Awesome. Okay. Sandra says uh, she has three different businesses or different types of work. Uh, Does she, should she have three different three word rebellions. In other words, one for each business. Ooh, I would say no, because it's going to be hard for you to be known for all three. And really the job is to find the tie that binds all three of them together. And I think like a great example of somebody who does this well is someone like Danielle Laporte, because her whole brand is around Mm. desire and the desire map. But she's able to do so much underneath that larger brand where she can have candles and jewelry and temporary tattoos. And now she's doing stuff with meditation, but it still all fits under that umbrella. And when you have three different messages, people get really, really confused about who you are and what you do and what you're trying to create in the world. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And even though we talked about how this three-word three, three word rebellion really is a great seed for a brand, I think the the real th- – another thing to think about here too is do you want to be speaking for all three of those businesses? What What is the point of speaking in your career? And that probably helps you get to a, a better answer to that question too. Yeah, I would totally agree with that because, yeah, all three businesses – like Daniel Laporte does not go out and speak about her candles. <laughs> Let's be no. <laughs> like she's that's not what what it's about for her. So yeah, thinking about how strategically you want to use it and also like what are you building that's bigger than yourself? Like cuz for me, this three-word rebellion is also about legacy. Like what are you building to leave behind? And so which one of those businesses will be your legacy? That is a phenomenal way to look at that. All right. Uh, Kirsten says uh, she stumbled on this webinar after applying for or for co-commercial. <laughs> Welcome, Kirsten. Um, but I still... Oh, uh, I'm not a speaker. I'm a web designer and online teacher, but I still love the idea of the three-word rebellion. I think this is so powerful, and I always struggle with my main message or elevator speech. So even though I'm not a speaker, would this still apply to me? Yes, because your three-word rebellion can definitely be used for your elevator pitch, for your sales conversations, because really what you're creating is kind of like this 
ultimate hook that gets people to stand up and take notice and make them curious. Because what I love about my three-word rebellion being three-word rebellion is that people are like, oh, I'm curious. Tell me more about that. And that's what you want in an elevator pitch. Mm -hmm. So I definitely think, you know, that especially that that seed offer that I'm doing, it can be used just for business and people can get a lot out of it and learn how to use it so that they have that core message that they're excited to share. And another thing, because I was just thinking about this, like with my three word rebellion in place, I sat down for 30 minutes last week and generated 100 content ideas all around the three word rebellion (laughs) because i like, because I can see it everywhere now. I can talk about it in terms of like Tony Robbins and Me Too and all of these other things. Like I saw it in my, like the local eyeglass shop last weekend. They had their, well, kind of like a, their mini manifesto. But I was like, oh my gosh, that's like a three-word Aurelian example. This is so cool. So yeah, it just gives you all of this freedom to create. And when you have that, I think it's powerful for all types of conversations you want to have in your business. Oh, I love that. Okay. Uh, Kathy says, can you share more about that idea of creating space for the goals? Is there a reference? Yeah, Kathy, we talked about um, being boss's chalkboard method. So you can check that out at beingboss.club. I know they have resources for that there. Uh, Michelle, was there anything more you wanted to say about how you use the chalkboard method? Yeah, I, I just think, you know, with the chalkboard method, it does just a make you focus on the goals, but it you are literally creating space for new people. Like, I know that I want to call in two more people by the first week of May. And that's powerful to know and to open up to and to see, because I keep it right underneath my glass desk and I can see it every single day. Mm. So I, you know, creating that space actually can draw those people in because they there's somewhere for them to belong in your business. Yeah, I th- that reminds me of something uh, we had talked about with Charlie Gilkey too uh, at a virtual conference that we had at Co-Commercial, which you know was sort of like you you look out into the future and you get excited about all these things you could do with all that empty space, but in actuality that space isn't empty unless you actually make it empty. You share space or you save space for that on your calendar and your client roster and your content production. So I think that's another way where that that chalkboard method kind of is is a very practical way to plan for your business. Absolutely. Uh, Brody wants to know, what questions do you have on your application form to weed out clients who aren't ready to invest for financial reasons? I have a drop down that says right now, I'm trying to remember this, right now I have, I have the finances to invest in my speaking. I have access to the finances to invest in my speaking. And then there's one like, I don't have any money (laughs) to invest in my speaking. Um, And so that gives me an idea if they're ready to invest. I also recommend, you know, even though I can, I work, you know, like if you're working on a speech with me and the three word rebellion, that's a different price point. You can always put like the starting price on your website so that they know. Mm -hmm. I don't recommend putting it on the consultation form, but, oh, and check out their website and see like, because if their website's a hot mess, they probably don't have the money to work with you if you're working B2B. Like that's a good gauge of things for me. But yeah, that's just my basic question. And it's also because I've been a little bit more assertive in my console calls. If somebody says to me, 
you know, oh, yeah, I don't have the money. And I'll be like, oh, well, that's funny. Like on your consult form, you said that you have the resources to invest in your speaking. Because if there's a deeper objection, I want to find out what it is. Mm. Or if it's just a hard no, like you're not the right person for me. Just tell me that. Don't tell me it's about the money. Right. That's awesome. And I love that your approach to this is essentially very direct because I think being direct and transparency is, I I don't know, I identified it as a trend for 2018, but I don't want to think of like honesty and directness as a trend. I think it's just what people want nowadays. They're tired of being uh, led around corners and and shown things that they they can't afford. I I love that you just ask upfront if this is something they're willing to invest in. Mm -hmm. Uh, last question is from Sandra. She says, what do you do uh, when an emergency arises and you have to step away from business for a few days? That is a great question, Sandra, because when you've got a packed schedule, like the way you described, um, you are losing a little bit of flexibility. You are losing a little bit of the the ability to step away if something happens. Is that something you've had to deal with yet? Do you have a plan for that? Yes. So about two years ago, I was on a call with a client and I had, unbeknownst to me, an ovarian cyst rupture, which is like the most painful thing. Like one of my girlfriends was like, oh yeah, I thought that was more painful than birth. (laughs) So it was completely painful. I called 911 and I had clients that afternoon and I realized like, oh crap, I don't have a plan in place. So I'm trying to text message my VA while I'm on drugs. Like I was on Dilaudid. I was out of my head. My husband goes up and I'm like, you've got to call my assistant. So we now have a plan in place (laughs) if something like that happens where my husband contacts Dorothea, my virtual assistant. She has access to my calendar and the contact information of my clients so that she is able to email them and say, you know, either I or Michelle will get back to you when she's back in the office. And, you know, we just implement that plan because, oh yeah, it was a mess. Like being on pain drugs and trying to like reschedule clients. (laughs) Not a a good scene, but it's something you actually don't even think about in your business until it happens. But everyone needs to have that emergency plan. Amen. Which is why, again, Sandra, kudos to you on that question Mm -hmm. and for even thinking about it. I did not think to ask it, uh, which tells you what kind of emergency plan I have. Um, our, although ours is pretty similar. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for, for shedding light on that. Cause that, that is a really important to think about thing to think about, especially in a one-to-one, uh, service-based business. All right, Michelle, what are you working on next? What, what's coming up for you in 2018? Yeah. So I am, well, working on making this pivot into the three word rebellion and doing more messaging work. I'm working on the three word rebellion book. I also have this, I'm just putting this out into the universe. I would like to do more political messaging because I've always Mm. been super, I mean, I, I knew as a Democrat when I was five, I like begged my parents to vote for Jimmy Carter in 1980. (laughs) <laughs> and I don't think I don't think my dad did. I think my I'm mom sh- did. But I, I'm sure that was a very popular message. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Your five year old being like, you need to vote for Jimmy Carter. He's the better person for president. <laughs> um, but I'm really interested in that arena. I don't know how I'm going to break into it. But I feel like the three word rebellion book could help with that. And also, I want to be doing some either live events or retreats where we can all come together as a small group and work on the messaging and stirring up the status quo. 
I love it. I can't wait to see that unfold. Michelle, we've been dancing around this the whole time, but where can we find out more about working with you? Yeah, you can go to drmichellemazur.com or if you are interested in the three-word rebellion, you can go to threewordrebellion.com and it doesn't matter if you spell out three or the number three, it takes you to the same place. You sh- if you're using a number in your domain, buy both. <laughs> Wow, that was an extra special bonus tip right at the end of the episode. Right on point, Michelle Mazur. Thank you so much for this great conversation. I have loved taking a look inside your client pipeline and and just hearing more about the three-word rebellion and everything that you're up to right now. Thank you for having me. I love this. It was so great. And the questions were so amazing. Yay. Thanks, everyone, for great questions. All right. What Works, which is this live podcast recording that you're listening to right now, is brought to you by co-commercial. Small business owners have a lot on their plates. And then if you pile on top of that, keeping up with training, trends, and networking, you've got a real juggle on your hands. Also some mixed metaphors. Plus, you often worry you're missing important information and ideas while you're trying to keep it all together. Co-commercial is the small business owner's antidote to FOMO. We make it easy to get what you need all in one place. If you're looking for personalized support, ask us anything. If you're looking for the latest training on marketing, management, or productivity, attend one of our events. If you want to see what trends are proving fruitful and which are just a waste of time, start a conversation. For just about $200 per year, you don't have to worry about being left behind. Our community network is full of smart, generous, savvy, and inquisitive small business owners from diverse fields like coaching, design, consulting, education, legal, photography, illustration, technical services, and more. To learn more about joining CoCommercial and request your invitation, go to cocommercial.co. That's cocommercial.co. Thanks for listening to this special live episode of What Works. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening so you never miss an episode. While you're at it, leave us a review and share this podcast with someone you know who would appreciate it. Today's episode was produced by Shannon Paris and edited by Marty Seafelt. Our theme music is by The Shrugs. Tune in next time for another look at how small businesses actually work. Bye, guys. Bye, Michelle. Bye. That's it for this week's episode of What Works. If you love getting a behind-the-scenes look at how real small business owners are making it work, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy listening. We also appreciate you leaving a review and sharing the podcast with your friends or colleagues. What Works is produced by Rosie Medias and edited by Marty Seafelt. Kristen Runvik prepares our show notes. Our opening music is by The Shrugs, and our ad music is by Marley Carroll. Tune in next week for another look at how small businesses actually work.